Welcome to the Project Esports Podcast for April 23rd. We have a day full of topics we usually don't talk about, something we didn't really want to bring up, but now we are back on it. That is going to be Battle Royale. Including with that, we're going to have talking about Boston Dominate a little bit, sneaky cosplay at ESPN Esports and whatever that means by James. And then we're going to wrap the show up with Collegiate Corner by Dylan. So before anything like that, I will let both of you guys do your short introduction. As always, my name is Andrew. I am the Midwest host, the best host, the non-Canadian host, which makes me the best. Outside of that, I don't really have much. I don't really do much. I love to be on social media. I love to talk to you. God, I I hate going last because I've just been land-based by you two. Uh, I'm James, a.k.a. Howie. Um, I am the sole Canadian, the only Canuck, and I'm also in the, my own little time zone up in Canada. Um, I am the league. What? The Canadian time zone. <laughs> the Canadian time zone. I, uh, I'm also the resident League of Legends guy. I'm also transitioning into the 2K guy as well, um, trying to take that mantle from Dylan. Mind you, I don't think he'd be too opposed to me taking it from him. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm just wearing the brunt of uh, these insults tonight. It's a great time. Well, being here. Yeah, well, I mean, I love how you don't even, like, defend that you're Canadian. You just kind of accept the insult on that. Because you well, know like, me being Canadian is an insult? What? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, what's the, what's the response? No, I'm not no, Canadian. I'm not? Yeah. No, I'm from Ontario, if that helps. So close to Toronto, I guess. But, like, I mean, that's the best I got. I got nothing else. Well, I'm missing a tooth tonight. That kind of sucks, but. Yeah. Wait, did you lose a tooth? Oh, yeah. How? Um, actually this one, the one that's missing, um, I smashed it out. We're closing in on like more than half a decade ago. Um, went face first into a skate park, uh, like, uh, skate bowl. Um, only smashed that one tooth. So I have like a, like a metal cap now where it's supposed to be or a metal like stud. So it looks like I have a dead tooth if you're just like looking at it at a quick glance, but it's actually just a piece of metal in my mouth. Um, getting it replaced on Friday though. Thank fuck. <laughs> tooth yeah. washed one year. No. <laughs> yeah, even more Canadian. I can't skate. That's the, that shows how Canadian I am, man. <laughs> well, we'll give you a break for at least this podcast before I go back insulting you and your Canadian heritage and oh jump into Battle Royale esports. I mean, I feel like we've all given kind of our opinions on where we stand on this, but despite that, esports really <laughs> wants to try to make this work. So we have a couple of different articles. We're just kind of talking points that are kind of going at. So we have Fortnite is finally reaching Chinese. Kind of, not the Chinese. Reaching Chinese. And, and more or less, it's just kind of the point we're going to talk about that is Tencent is going to put 15 million US dollars into advertising Fortnite esports. And then just kind of going along with that on Fortnite esports, um, we had the Las Vegas Open, Las Vegas something by, no, more or less, Ninja put on an event over at Vegas, partnered by the esports arena. Um, that was just kind of a crazy experience. And it's kind of the first sight of real organized esports by Fortnite that we've kind of seen besides a couple of teams starting to announce their team. They had over 660,000 people watching the event. And I don't know if 
since it's not really an official league, some people are saying that it's kind of breaking their old record that Ninja had and that it's like the new single streamer since his event. Be- because, yeah, because it's his event, I guess. Is that is that? That's kind of how they're saying. So he organized it. And it's more or less what who can beat Ninja. So it'd be so that if whoever, if you won the game and killed Ninja, you got, I think, 2,500 or 7,500, one of the two. What? So if if anyone besides Ninja won, they get $7,500. But if Ninja won, um, that money would go to charity, and then that same amount of money would transfer over to the next game and double the following prize. Of course it would, because Ninja's the, literally like the nicest person alive. Besides his one his one slip up, what has the guy done wrong? Like, he won one in nine games, and it was actually kind of a really cool event. I really enjoyed watching it. They had Doctor Lupo um, shoutcasting it alongside one other streamer. I can't think off the top of his name. Ninja was even kind of doing it a little bit too whenever he got knocked out. But the event seemed to be really popular, obviously by the numbers. I mean, that felt Chinese viewers or anything kind of like that. So. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen Fnatic announce they're doing a team. Is Fortnite going to be an eSport? Like, we're seeing these things start to happen. Is it going to happen? Are they going to make it work? I think it's going to work. I think, uh, I think it's hype, and I think it could work. I think we're... I think we got to accept it, boys. We talked about this not becoming a thing, and it's becoming a thing like it's 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 like whether or not ninja's the chairman or not like i could see like that's what i'm seeing at this point he's the uh oh god what the the like like buddy who owns the nba like he's he has that level of like like of like of like he's recognizing it from a business angle and not only that he's doing it from a charity angle too right and then like he put this on himself and to my knowledge because i didn't see anything on twitter or anything like that it ran pretty smoothly like there was no there's no like screw ups like with production or anything like that. Like it was like a well played event, and that's that kind of says something. You know what I mean? Like if you have like if you have this guy at the head of this shit, it's uh, it means good things for it. So but I think we're there. Is it going to be Ninja's esports league or the Fortnite esports league? No, How I... big would this event be if Ninja was not a part of it? If he didn't organize it. Would this event have gotten even over a hundred thousand people? Over a hundred thousand? Yes. Six hundred? Like no, no. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it would have been very successful, but not this level of success. I mean, so would he? Have, is, would I, he? Have, would he have attended it though? That's the thing. Like, would he have attended this event? And that's he, another thing too. But is the entirety of esports in Fortnite? going to depend on Ninja showing up to the event. I mean, he's constantly having larger viewership numbers in the Overwatch League. He competes with the NALCS on their biggest nights. I mean, he is the god of Twitch right now. And can, like, Fortnite survive without him? I feel yes. like Fortnite esports is revolving around him right now. No, I, I 100% disagree. I think it will survive without him. I think it could do fine with him. I don't think it can compete with him, but I think it could. Yeah. I think it could totally be fine on its own. If you have a big, huge Fortnite tournament, if Ninja is not there and he is also not streaming, I think he'll do just fine. I think the numbers are going to be fine. But as long as he isn't, if he is streaming at the same time, then so it gets to be a little trouble. Ninja is streaming all the time, and if he's not at the event, he's going to be streaming because that's his revenue. So as if Fortnite esports is competing against Ninja, 
Fortnite will never take off as an esport. But that's like saying, like, hey, what do you think is going to do better at this League of Legends tournament if it's going on while Faker is streaming or something like that? Like, it's going to take out of it, like, obviously, because but everyone wants to watch him. be the end of the war. I mean, I think that the difference between Faker streaming, I mean, Faker's not even a great streaming personality. So that makes the situation in comparison a little hard. But I mean, if. Faker was streaming over worlds, people would still watch worlds. If Ninja was streaming over the world's comparison of Fortnite, people would still watch Ninja, I feel. We don't we don't know that though. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's it's a really bold prediction. Oh, okay. Hey Toast. Bye Toast. Um it's I think it's a really a really a bold prediction to kind of say something like that because like you're the people who watch ninja for the competitive aspect will leave ninja's stream if a league starts he will keep his casual viewers when he's streaming did you did you hear any of this andrew did you yeah i've heard everything okay okay cool 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 cool. all right he yeah i think much like cutie pie stream much like i don't know tyler one dom any of these big guys you know what i mean the one there's a reason why they don't stream during any like lcs they don't bother doing it because they know it hurts their viewership and i think two ninja's the same way Ninja wants to stream when he's going to get the most amount of revenue and the most amount of people. Why would he try and cut into a Fortnite league? Why would he bother? It's not, it's, it's counterproductive to him. It's counterproductive to the game he's making his money off of. So why bother trying to step on the toes of like, why try to, why try and bite the hand that feeds you? You know what I mean? So, well, okay. So let's say the esports league pops up for that and it goes three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday night, Friday night. He can't just not stream three days a week. I, I know I think it's still fine because like if you look at or like if you look at Fortnite right now, if he is streaming, there are plenty of other people who aren't watching him and they're watching other streams. Same exact deal. Like it, it's not that if only he's on, like it's completely disproportionate and there's gonna be a thousand people watching the the Fortnite league. Like they're yeah, they're gonna cut into each other, but I don't think it's gonna be the death of it. I still think plenty of people are gonna watch it. Like there are a, there's a huge audience and like obviously if one is is going and the other isn't like that's like the best scenario and if they're go- both going they're going to eat into each other and that's just like James was saying that's counterproductive for them like they there's no reason why they would do that I mean yeah and I don't don't agree and I mean I could see them trying to or they'd have to do some kind of partnership so that they're not overlapping I just well, yeah that's just it too they could like I mean they could legit, like I uh, I I think it's a strong coincidence that Cutie Pie never streams when LCS is on, but like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fortnite, especially because a lot of their success is due to Ninja, as far as like a streaming from a streaming aspect, it wouldn't surprise me if they either a buy him out or not buy him out, but like you know make a contract with them or something like that. Be like, okay, you don't stream on this night or this night because we're streaming. We will pay, you know, he gets X amount of revenue or he like, you know, gets paid a lump sum or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Because, and like, I think this is because like, this is a rare case because we don't see an esport so heavily dictated by one person. It is one man controlling this many people. Um, and maybe not to like an extent where he's like, you know, the fucking puppet master or anything like that, but like he has a heavy amount of influence in this game's success. So I could see that being the way they go about it to really to really benefit both parties. Ninja still makes a shit ton of revenue. His game still does well. And fuck, like, so maybe this is another thing too. Maybe Ninja's done 
being playing competitively in Fortnite. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe he likes like you know his casual thing. You bring that guy on as a caster. You bring that guy on as a on hair like personality. He makes Mad Bank off that shit too. He will make corporate money, not just streamer money. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, what is it? I definitely agree. And I think the biggest point is that we're all having animal problems today. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that it, it does depend on how willing Ninja is to work with whoever organizes it. Obviously, whoever organizes it needs to be on Ninja's good side, no matter what format they do. And I think it comes down to, yeah, we have to wait and see because nothing like this has ever happened in esports. I definitely agree. We have never seen one streamer dominate just all streaming. I mean, you see people that, like, Dr. Disrespect would have a couple, I mean, 10,000, 20,000 more people than the next closest streamer on PUBG. But, I mean, Ninja's having 200,000 more than the second closest streamer. Just that differentiate so big and that he has such a huge – so I guess that's what we're saying on Pub, I mean, on uh, Fortnite Esports. I mean, we have two more Battle <laughs> Two more Battle Royale games to kind of talk about here. So first off, last week was the first week of the H1Z1 Pro League. Boys, get hyped for that Facebook live stream. (laughs) I'm losing connection with you guys for a second. I don't know if that's on me or... Oh, oh, there we go. We're back. We're good. We're good. Um, So Facebook hype. I mean, I, I didn't see anything about the peak viewership or anything kind of like that. But I didn't even know it started until after it went. There's two more games, I think, Tuesday night. And it just seems unorganized and not much marketing behind it. Like, I Googled for half an hour because I wanted to explain to everyone, all the listeners, how, like, the point system works. Because, like, they have, like, the pointed out for the top 15 teams. Like, there's 15 teams competing, and they have, like, pointed out for, like, who's the top five, the second tier for five, six through ten, and then 11 through 15. They don't have anywhere on their website that describes how they even point out this game. So yeah, I was I was looking at the the point, I was looking at like the point system and stuff like that. I know Epsilon's in the lead, but I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if they won certain <laughs> games. Does it go off of kills? Does it go about how many people left surviving? So I mean, so we said yes to Fortnite. Fortnite can be an esport. Can the H1V1 Pro League take off? Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean... uh, everything I've seen from H1Z1 has just been like terrible. Like just like watching gameplay, like just like there's it. It feels like so buggy, and it just like looks like there's so many bugs in the game, and it doesn't look yeah. great, and it doesn't feel smooth. Like at least like if Fortnite's happening right. Like, things feel, like, smooth, and they feel like whenever you do something, like, there's a response to it. Like, yeah. there might be, like, balance issues or whatever with some of, like, the weapons and stuff, but, like, everything feels smooth. Everything feels, like, super clunky in H1Z1. Like, the the it thing it reminds me the most the of is... day. so bad, too. Yeah, and it, it reminds me a lot of DayZ in, like, the worst way possible. In the worst way. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I love the mod Daisy, but once they switch over, that was the thing. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast. I could talk about my history of my roller coaster I went on with Daisy. But I mean, so I agree. I think H1Z1 Pro League's kind of a shit show right now. They have a couple of big teams, which is awesome. James was saying how his boy CLG were in fourth place right now. Like, yeah. they have some of the bigger name teams, and I think they are doing a couple things right. So, first off, they have team specific skins. 
I think this is a huge thing for any Battle Royale esports. So, mm -hmm. like, Fnatic announced that they're doing a uh, Fortnite team. They need to have a Fnatic exclusive skin for when they're doing any kind of competitions if they do anything like that. For PUBG, they need to do the same thing. I think that is a very big selling point because not only it's kind of like the Overwatch League skins that people can show off their support. People are going to want to show it off on social media. They're going to be wearing it in games. And obviously, it brings more awareness to H1Z1 Pro League. So I think I can give them the benefit of the doubt or like kind of a good job pat on the back for that one part. But outside of that, everything else just kind of seems like they rushed to be the first one out. They did the PUBG. They're trying to be the first one to do it and just kind of make it go fast and then fix it as quick as they can and hope it takes off. But I feel like they're too far behind to ever catch up. So well, this is yeah, I think like this is just it. Like H1Z1, they were the first ones to do the the battle royale. We can all give them credit there. They all yeah. they did it. They did it. They were the forerunners. All that shit. They waited too fucking long. Um, I'm trying to do some some research right now to see if I can find like the viewership, the one hour to go video because I can't find the actual like day they played or anything like that. The one hour to go video had 5.2k viewers. Oh That's, my goodness. Yeah. The the H1 Pro H1Z1 Pro League itself, the page has just shy of 10k likes. So and let me now let me just do it if, just so you just so you guys have a uh, a comparison. Um, okay, but just, is it is that because it's on Facebook? Do this is I, I am going off of Facebook, that, but, yeah. but this is just it. We have to because this is their streaming platform. I know, but right? that's what I'm saying. Do you think? That honestly, we we all know we hate Facebook. No yeah. one here is hiding our hatred of Facebook and streaming on that. But even if you put it on Twitch, does this ever take off? Do you think it have a chance to last a season or two on Twitch? No, absolutely <sighs> not. I, I you know what? I don't. I don't think the H one Z one league is going. But it's like it's not going to have. It has different issues than other shit right now. We're seeing like. Find me, find me a goddamn week that we haven't talked about something stupid an Overwatch player player has done. You know what I mean? We're net like that's kind of the nice part about the H one Z one league is it's safe. There just no isn't a cares. well. That's just it. No one cares, so no one's gonna fuck up. I don't know, dude. Like that's not a bad thing, right? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to really paint a good picture. Like I mean, yeah. Like it's easy, it's really easy to say. Really easy to say nobody gives a fuck because nobody gives yeah. a fuck. But I mean, like, at the same time, they're. If you look at their website, if you look at how they present the stuff, it's not the worst. No, the website looks, looks good. I, I'm happy with the the branding. The, everything the, they've yeah, done so exactly. bad. The branding bad. is there. But it's just they're too far behind. They don't have any kind of following. They're on Facebook, and I just think it's doomed to kind of be. It was doomed from the start. And that's kind of the stuff I kind of find that funny because we're kind of going through the three different stages of Battle Royale esports. Talking about Fortnite, can it happen and will it happen? We're talking about H1Z1 Pro League, which is happening, but not for yeah. long. And now we're going to switch over to kind of the third of the trifecta with PUBG. So they are having their first major esports tournament this summer. I'm taking this from Polygon.com. So 20 different teams are going to compete in Berlin from July 25th to July 29th for a $2 million prize. 
I was honestly kind of blown away with how much money they're kind of willing to put on this. And I haven't done too much. Um, but the closest tournament to this only had $3,500,000 for uh, a prize pool. So, I mean, this is, what, five times bigger than anything else PUBG has ever done. They have the 20 teams. It seems established. Do we think that this is the best way for Battle Royale to do it? That just these big tournaments, maybe three times a year, you just do the big three tournaments, have some kind of qualifying league, kind of like Overwatch contenders, and don't even worry about a league. And just the top 20 teams, three times a year, fight over for a big prize pool? Or do we think having a weekly Overwatch league format is going to be better? I want big open tournaments. I want big opens to happen on a weekly basis. I want I want to be able to drive down to you New York want, City. I want to enter want a in. Setup. That's what you want. <laughs> no, yeah, I just want I just want that setup because I, I just want to like go in right, and I want to just like enter into this 100 man tournament and play and just have like these random 14 year old kids come out of nowhere and win the whole thing. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Like you. you, you you play into being like the Wild West again, you know what I mean? Like, which is hype. Like, I mean, you get you get that back to that grassroots of esports. Um, and, but she said, I mean, like, are we gonna see guys that drive? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, you don't need the public figures to drive the PUBG community because it's already established. It's already there. You know what I mean? You don't need guys to take it through the fucking dark ages like they did with uh, like the fighting games, like like uh, genre to support that kind of tournament style. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see it franchised. I'd like to see it franchised. I think, I, I don't think there's anything bad with franchising. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's good money. It's good shit. I think the only thing, I, I think the only style of game that doesn't work for is fighting games. But like, that's like, I don't know, man. Then again, I, I like solos. I, I don't like to watch squad for, for. I think it has else. to be squad. So I mean, I don't yeah, know it does. It does have to be squad. Well, if, it, well, if it's franchised, squad. it has to be. Yeah, and if it's I teams, it has to be just in normal. That's that's how they're doing here. They're doing twenty different teams. I don't think that a single person tournament. I mean, sure, you get some of the streaming personalities, but if there's not a team name behind it, I don't feel like you're going to get those fans to kind of go behind it. I mean, I guess I can't say that because I mean, you see the fighting scene, you see um, uh, StarCraft. Like they just had a team name behind a player. That's just it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could have like teams that are franchised could have their their squad their squad team and their solo guys too because it's a different game when you play by yourself you know what i mean so it wouldn't surprise me if they bring in like a like if if especially if it's franchise i think that's the only time we were going to see that that level of attention is if you have okay these are our like you know one or two solo players here's our squad you know what i mean and you know they compete on different days that opens up way more because like from a marketing standpoint like some, not everybody wants to watch squad not everybody wants wants to watch solo why not give them both? You know what I mean? I guess, but imagine trying to keep track of a hundred different people in a viewership. I mean, people complain about being able to keep track of the Overwatch League with 12 players on. Imagine keeping track of a hundred different people. There could be up to 50 different firefights going on at once if all 50 did a 1v1. Yeah, I think I that's mean, fine. I mean, wasn't the Fortnite tournament that just happened? That was solos? Yeah, I'll give you that. I just feel like the team wanted... And just whenever you kind of see these charity events and things such as that, you see the duos, you see squad. I just feel like that's so much more manageable. They kind of understand like the four man, they're going as a group, they're fighting the squad tactics. I feel like, like it's going to be more tactical, more interesting to watch. I feel like there is no place in PUBG for anything but squad. I feel like Fortnite can be an exception, 
because you can have such a high skill level and tactical play in a 1v1 with Fortnite. But with PUBG, it's just two people standing behind a tree shooting at each other till one dies. With PUBG, it's big building battles. So I see a big difference there between Fortnite solos and PUBG solos because there's not as much kind of variety that you can do in PUBG. Possibly. I don't know. Like I, I I'd want to watch PUBG be an absolute fucking bloodbath and have a hundred people go at it. And I mean, the the nice part about that is too is that you wouldn't. It, like I think you can almost make like if, if going back to like kind of the overall dynamic of how we do uh, how they would do PUBG like a setup. You could have the solos as an open tournament. You wouldn't have to franchise that. Like you could have you could put franchise players in it. But it could be an open style, and then you get you get, you get your fourteen year olds who show up and just stomp pro players because you know they're that good and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, in, in CBT we kind of did touch on that. Um, how the first Fortnite um tournament was solely run by Ninja and stuff like that, right? So, and we we basically came to the conclusion that Ninja decides what happens with Fortnite. <laughs> he he's the goddamn overlord, man. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think with PUBG, yeah, you don't get the, you don't get the building battles. Yeah. You don't get the crazy one V ones, but it would allow for players to get included. Like it would, you could have them as an open tournament. I don't know. I, I think, I think they, they could dip, they could double dip if they wanted to. Yeah, no, I no, think, no, I think there's a, place I think for so. Those okay. But I think for a league, it needs to be squads. I think I love the idea of the squad. I mean, fine, you do these solo tournaments, and then you, based off of how people do in those solo tournaments, you can do some kind of rating to be brought up to the teams. That could be, like, where the contenders come in to kind of draft for the main PUBG team. I just feel like 100 people, I mean, I guess golf works. I mean, I, I take it all back. I mean, golf works. There's different people competing in every single one. They have rankings that people still know. People look forward to watching individual players. I mean, that would be the closest to kind of an individual – kind of a sport that you can compare because it's really the same format a hundred people show up on day one and it keeps kind of getting yes and no because you don't have a hundred people teeing off at once you know what i mean like yeah, that'd be hype though that'd be hype <laughs> it would be hype, all yeah. go from one screen oh my god yeah i'd watch that um so but yeah so i like it could work. I, I I don't know. I think I think we're all like I mean, where this again? This is such a hypothetical and stuff like this. Like we don't know how this is going to evolve. Um. So yeah, no. I think it'll kind of go one way or the other. I think it's the best way. That's the safest way to put it. I don't want to put a prediction on this. Yeah. Well, what we're <laughs> seeing is three different, very very different approaches, kind of, uh, to esports right now. We see the franchise league that I kind of think the squads that kind of stuff. We see PUBG just kind of throwing a big tournament out there and kind of seeing what the reaction is to that. And then we still don't know what Fortnite's happening. I think it's going to start moving faster, seeing that Ninja event and seeing that it's kind of possible. Yes, as Chad was saying, that it did focus solely on Ninja until he died. But there are interests in Fortnite. I think people know that. So I think that's going to kind of be pushing forward. And it'll be curious to kind of see the three different approaches and which one kind of ends up coming out in the end, which may be the dumb battle royale. But we all know there's a hundred more battle royales coming by the end of the year. There's already another one. Out, there's a there's another big one that's like making its making like its climb. Oh, no, it's shit. not Cliffy B's one. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, Cliffy B Lawbreakers. Oh, I feel so. No, bad. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. It's not Lawbreakers. Cliffy no, Radical B. Radical Heights. Yeah, yeah, Radical yeah. Heights. Second game in a row, Cliffy B failed on. Shouts out to him. 
Oh my god, Shout I feel so game. bad for him. I was following him. I was like, I was looking for a lot breaker. I never bought the game, but enough of that. I feel bad for Clippy B. He seems like a good guy. He takes all the insults on social media so well. So I give him that. But we've talked about Battle Royale esports for a good half an hour now. So let's try to touch on a couple other esports before we kind of go up with the night. First off, we want I just kind of want to go over and touch on Boston Uprising pretty much dominating in the Overwatch League right now. So they're on a 10-game winning streak, and all that has been with the Dreamcast for uh, release, which we thought was really going to have to see. Not the case. They're new. They used their big DPS. They picked up. I can't think what they They picked up a support. Yeah, they picked up a support. Their other players stepped up, and now they're just kind of walking through the Overwatch League as if they belong to be king. Dreamcaster was the problem, boys. Dreamcaster was the problem. And, I mean, do we can do we think this is just a coincidence, or do we think that one player can really drag down a whole team's morale, team play, all that kind of stuff? I, I think it's it's it is a little bit of a coincidence. So I think it, it's not like they released him and because they released him, then they're doing so well. I think it's they released him and the rest of their lineup is so good that it yeah. almost didn't matter and that their team is still super wonderful and super on the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I've I've played with some really shitty people on shitty teams and you go you show up to practice and you just don't want to fucking deal with the person, you know what I mean? I'm not saying Dreamcaster's an awful person. I'm not saying he's a scumbag. I mean we yeah, we kind of got to the point where he was a scumbag. We kinda of did confirm that. But I mean like like on like a one on one basis, like um I like that is a possibility and you you like despite the fact yes you are getting paid yes this is everybody's fucking dream to play video games professionally you still don't want to show up to work and work with somebody you fucking hate every day you know what i mean and then once that thing's that once that person's gone your life's so much fucking easier it's the staff the staff is having a better time you're having a better time and you, you know i i don't know i think i mean is it like and we got to remember too we got to remember too the age group of these players the age yeah. group is significantly slower than, say, your professional NBA team or NHL team or NBA or uh, NFL team. You know what I mean? So that level of um, that level of like how much that plays into it, I think, is significantly higher on these younger teams. Vice a vice approach, like a you know, like a, a national team, like you know. I I so I think you're right, James. I think you're right in the aspect of that is a thing that happens. But I don't think it's a, the case with um, New York because they were a dominant team yeah. way before. And like they, they were doing really, really well. It's just they haven't done this well. They were still like a top yeah, two team. Yeah, that, that is true. They yeah. were doing super well. And I, so what you said is 100% true. And I think it definitely applies to a lot of teams and could apply to teams and possibly applies to them but i don't think them releasing to this it, magnitude yeah. yeah i don't think to this magnitude because i think they were a dominating team and they just they're they're just winning even more now mm-hmm. but no but what you said is i do think it is correct yeah I, and... I just i just think they play so heavily with the age group too i think that's a major influence in it right i will i will apologize for from now until the rest of the podcast uh boston is playing right now and i really need to pay attention to this because this we could knock out toronto and despite the fact i am a canuck i fucking hate toronto i love boston so i'm gonna i'm kind of watching that right now not the boston we were just talking about though not the boston no 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 no, 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 no,
Okay, well, White has to say you're not going to pay attention anymore. We're actually jumping over to you. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little my, it's bit my... about Sneaky. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Okay, so in regards to Sneaky, he made an appearance on – or he's making an appearance on ESPN uh, this evening. The tweet went out a little while ago. Um, the the catch with it is is Sneaky, because he's incredibly known for his cosplays, He's there in his fucking Elementalist Lux cosplay. Fucking well done. It is a gorgeous cosplay. It's very well done. His girlfriend put a ton of effort into it. Um, I still think he should have shown up in his uh, Pete's, uh, the the Sivir cosplay mainly because it's okay. I'm putting it on. I'm putting it in the Discord chat right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Put it. Can yeah. we? Can we just talk about how scary of a girl he looks like in these pictures? It is crazy. I don't know if it's showing up for you guys. You guys can see it in the uh, Discord right now. It hasn't showed up on stream right now. It'll show up eventually. But I, it took me three times of looking at these pictures before I realized it was Sneaky. Yeah, Sneaky does a really good job. And I think this is a good thing that Sneaky is going to be doing this on ESPN. It is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see this like... I don't know. It, it, it's kind of interesting because Sneaky is a you. You would presume like this, Sneaky hasn't done anything like this before, and Sneaky's like, oh yeah, this is just something like it's no big deal. And I think that like I don't know, it breaks down a lot of things that are you know associated with sports. Like sports yeah. is like something that's very like hyper masculine kind of thing, and this I don't know, kind of breaks breaks some of that down and and breaks breaks the normative kind of deal. So I think it's interesting and and, and a good thing. Oh, we're losing James. Um, uh, I, I think I'm back. Am okay. I back? Yeah. And no, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or anything like that. I'm just more or less kind of impressed by how he looked. Like, I just thought it was kind of crazy how it looks. And just kind of him showing up on ESPN Esports. So, show, first off, it wasn't just straight up ESPN. It was ESPN Esports. Yeah. So, which which so, make, which make which is fair. Like, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, and it's expected there. I mean, it, from now, I feel like Sneaky is well-known for his elementalist lux and the pizza delivery as much as his carry is for people that aren't very common with League of Legends. I feel like more people know him as those kind of cosplays than anything. And I guess there's not much really controversy to talk over here. I just... I mean, like, that's just it. Like, if any... If anything, I think it should reflect on the the fact that despite this guy plays video games professionally, the dude has zero shame. The dude does not give a fuck. He's confident. Like, I mean, that's just it. You gotta, you gotta remember too. Like, this isn't like a, this isn't like a, this is who Sneaky is. This is like, but it like, and it, it is in a different light. Sneaky does this shit because he doesn't give a fuck. And he knows yeah. it gets some publicity. You know what I mean? So for him, like, I mean, even if you just only watch Overwatch, like, you're like, holy fuck, this League of Legends dude. He's like, I mean, he does this all the time. He loves this shit. And like, I mean, it gets him a ton of traction. Like, I mean. He was always known to be like a major, like he was a memer, right? Like that was his big thing. But now he's, now he's just he like bringing it to the next level. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it reflects well on like not only not only Sneaky himself, but like the personalities within the like the various like uh, the pro leagues with the uh, with League of Legends. Yeah. So first off, so one of the rules I, I learned this. I read this online. Yeah, I found this on Reddit. So it may not be true. Take it with a grain of salt. But the rules for the LCS for in terms of outfits or uniforms, is that everyone just has to show up in the same thing. So technically, 
everyone could show up in the oh, pizza boy. delivery severe. Uh, Shiver. Shiver. Severe. Severe. I say severe. Shiver. Um, outfit and be allowed to play. Oh, so can that... we just take a couple of moments of how great that would be if C9 or TSM or Echo Fox ever showed up to a game all in some kind of matching cosplay? I, I'd I, watch that. That'd be I, sick. I, that, that, that would be fucking genius. I think I, that would be the next step for esports publicity. <laughs> that would that'd be something. I, I'd, I'd love that shit. Oh my god, yeah. So that is something that maybe everyone can just kind of start petitioning for that one of the teams out there uh, hey, honor esports if you guys ever show up to a game you all just need to dress oh, up no. some kind of cosplay chris won't have it he likes our jerseys way too much i yeah. i push for it i love that shit I, that'd be funny. <laughs> I mean you'd see varying qualities but i mean like whatever right <laughs> I, I think that's the best part you see the person like zach or sneaky that goes really hard and gets like the perfect one and then you see the boy the kid that just puts on the short shorts a cut off <laughs> yeah. t-shirt and a red hat so I think Perfect. that'd be funny. But, okay, enough talking about sneaky and cosplay and how much I'm impressed he looks like a girl. Um, we will move on to Dylan to wrap it up with the collegiate corner, the college quad, whatever you want to call it. He's the man with the knowledge. We're going to talk about collegiate esports, my favorite thing. So the biggest thing is San Francisco Shock partnering with uh, UC Berkeley, which is a really big deal because, like, this giant organization um, in partnership with NRG as well, because I believe NRG owns San Francisco Shock, yeah. right? Yeah, so it, it's uh, San Francisco Shock, NRG is partnering with um, UC Berkeley, which is a really I'm big back. deal because, like, that is a, like, like, uh, like these college programs don't get giant sponsors. Like, they might get, um, like, Cooler Master or, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of... Uh, something like more gaming oriented computer hardware right um yeah usually they partner up with these college programs and like give them equipment but like you don't see anything on this scale and i think it's really really cool because one overwatch league is giant and they had a viewing party for uh, san francisco shock and it was huge they had a ton of people there watching the games and these weren't like finals or anything these were just normal weekly games so the amount of support that they have already there is super, super big. So perfect college to have it at. And on top of that, they're going to start doing outreach. And this is just a really, really good way, in my opinion, to help promote those college kids who are in the club, who are learning how to like take on like leadership roles and how to like do events and all that. They're able to work now with a big esports organization and help promote them into these esports jobs. So I think this is a really good way to get a lot of experience for the industry because I know a lot of kids are going to colleges now going, I want to go to college and I want to do esports afterwards. Like, how do I even do that? I had a bunch of like freshmen my my last year come in and go, hey, I want to get into esports, but like, obviously we don't have a major here for esports. So what am, what am I supposed to do? Can you help me out? And a lot of it was just, you need to plan out like a like what you wanna do, try to find a major that's somewhat related, and then just start getting experience just doing anything. So whether that's helping out running the events, helping reach out to sponsors, like this is all stuff that these college kids were doing just on their own whims. And now it's really cool because you know, you're having a big esports organization partner with them. And I think they're they're gonna help facilitate a lot of this. And this is gonna promote like 
I mean, the West Coast is already like leagues ahead of everyone in esports, not only just in normal esports, but just on the college level too. We're talking like it's it's almost like watching like StarCraft, like seeing any NA player play against a Korean player. Like they're gonna get blown out like of the water, like unless you're Scarlet, like you're gonna get blown out of the water, like easy peasy. And the same thing is with like any region and like the West Coast in terms of collegiate esports. So I think it's really awesome that we're seeing stuff like this because I think I don't know, like like, like I said, uh, the West Coast is ahead already. They're just getting more ahead, but I mean it's good for the college kids. It, it is really good for them, and I hope more Overwatch League teams kind of see this um and kind of partner up with some of their local schools because i think i think it could do a lot of good for these programs well the only problem with partnering up with local schools is they're all based out of los angeles i love the idea like the franchising every thing where they actually are based in dallas where they are based in houston where they are based in cities outside of that but right now they're all based in los angeles so they'd just be partnering with more la schools no, no, no. That's that's not inherently true. Like, there's no reason that their proximity to where the organization is actually stationed would have any bearings on anything. Yeah, like, and I guess, and I take that back because, like, obviously, um, the Houston Outlaws are. Um... Someone help me here. Who owns the Outlaws? They're green and black. You okay, like, buddy? Off- yeah, I mean, yeah. Off- 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 there you go. Oh, the the green wall. Yeah, the green wall. So, I mean, they're, I guess they have, like, the headquarters and all that kind of stuff um, down in Houston. So, even if the Overwatch team may be based there, they can still make a team uh, partnership with the school down there and have them work out of there. So, I, I do take that back. You could try to do it, even if the Overwatch team is based there. I mean, with the power of internet, you can partner with any college and make things happen. Or, I mean, these teams are usually kind of based out of where their home offices are. So maybe that is still the case. And I'm not disagreeing. I, I would love to see FlyQuest, which has some roots in Wisconsin, to partner with Madison or some kind of like, I know that's not Overwatch League, but I mean, I'd love to kind of see those things start popping up around here because I even ask myself, even though I'm doing this podcast, how do I get into esports and things such as that and to get that more experience? So it's definitely out there. And I think it's a really cool thing. And I would love to be over in California right now, kind of having that partnership. Yeah. And I mean, a, a lot of the UC schools are, are having that benefit. Um, so uh, just quick brief thing, UC is University of California. Um, they have kind of like a big network of schools in California. So you have UC yep. Irvine, which is the big one um, that we all know, um, which yep. that's sort of related to the esports arena, I believe, because uh, I think the esports arena sponsored their esports arena. I think it's the same thing. Um, I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that UC Irvine's esports arena is esports arena like the one that did the the fortnite tournament i think it's the same company i'm pretty sure um but regardless they they uc irvine has an arena for esports that they can go in and they can play and a lot of the students work at like that's a big thing for them and then uc berkeley now partnered with san francisco shock and like yeah those 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 schools are like miles ahead and they're doing they're doing crazy stuff out there yeah Um, for for like to have a facility that you can literally work in to get esports experience as a part of your school, like that's that's next fucking level. Like you, like they are years ahead of the competition, or like years in like ahead of like the development or developing people to go into that industry. You know what I mean? So not only that, but just proximity to some of these um, these companies, like 
UCI is right there in Irvine with Blizzard, like literally yeah, like in, I, the, in the same in the same town. So like a lot of times, like if they're having like job fairs, obviously Blizzard's gonna be like, let's go to UCI. Like yeah. it's it's right fucking there. Why not, right? Yeah, or even just in the Bay Area. I know uh, Discord's out there in the Bay Area, and like they they only hire locally. A lot of these places, like yeah, anyone can work there from anywhere. But if you're local, they'll be like, oh, yeah, come in for an interview because, like, you're yeah, local. Yeah, right over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, you just have to drive down. <laughs> we don't have to set up, like, a remote interview or fly you out or anything. Like, I mean, like, like I said, obviously, they hire from anywhere, and, like, that shouldn't discourage you at all. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if you live in these areas, you, you, got, you, got, a little, you got a little help. You got a bit of advantage, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's it for that. Really good stuff. And let's go over to revisit... Um, the Hearthstone Tespa uh, Championship. Um, give everyone an update. So now they're down to the top 16 teams, and Penn State has two teams in the top 16. So I, say, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, in the East Coast, um, they had top fours, and the top two out of the four made it out. And of course, Penn State had two teams in, and both the teams made it out. So if they win, if they uh, if they win their next game, I believe, and they both make it to top eight, both of them go out to California to play in top oh, eight, cool. which yeah, is really real cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think no matter like, so if they get matched against each other, that really sucks. Um, but then that means one of them will automatically go out. Um, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's either you, you, have, you you either have a chance of sending both teams or no teams. Or you guarantee one team, right? Like yeah. And, I mean, like, all the other teams, like, honestly, like, the, the power level in Hearthstone is very staggering. Um, most of the time, the Hearthstone teams are carried by one player. Um, I know Rutgers has a really good Hearthstone team, and they have a really good Hearthstone team because one of their players on the team is a Hearthstone semi-pro. I don't want to say he's a full-on pro, but he is a semi-pro. He places really well in a lot of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's on the Rutgers team, and... I'm not saying that the other record players are bad on the team. I'm just saying, like, if you have a pro on your team, it's really going to carry you, especially if it's in this format of where three people play at once yeah. and they collaborate with each other. If you have a pro, like, you're going to go pretty far. But, um, yeah, they're just, they're absolutely killing it. And it's really great because they don't have, like, one player on their team that's really good. Like, they're really, like, a they really come together and, like, work through things and, um, I'm in one of their their chats or whatever. I see them just like theory crafting and theory crafting and making sure that their decks are that they're bringing are correct and all that. And it's really great. Um, it gets me hyped because East Coast esports is doing something well at least, <laughs> even if it's just Hearthstone. East Coast whatever, is doing something whatever, good. It's yeah, something. yeah, exactly, right. We'll, if we'll that's take our, our wins. If, if that's our thing, I'll fucking take it. You know what I mean? So uh, I'll uh, I'm not gonna be too picky about that shit. We have that in the fighting games that happen every so often, but yeah, no fighting game scene is is pretty decent on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, I mean, Evo obviously is all the way in Las Vegas, but I mean, like, there's good players. Uh, oh there's, yeah. I think I think Sonic Fox is East Coast. I think I'm not hundred. Uh, is he? Yeah, I th- I, I want to say he is. I know he's a monster. Like, <laughs> uh, holy <laughs> shit, dude! Uh, Sonic Fox the other night showed up in a full fur suit. He has a I saw that, yeah. Yikes. And he won. Yeah, he won, and the Yipes was just giving him the dirtiest looks when he was on, because on, he he got on the mic in his fursuit, and and IFC Yipes was just staring him down, like, pure disgust in his eyes. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so that's the update from from Collegiate. Um, like I said, it's getting towards the end of the school year, so I don't know how many more updates. I will keep everyone updated on this Hearthstone thing, um, unless they lose. doubting that. Unless they lose, then I, I'll just like let it slide right under the rug. I won't bring it up anymore. But um, but yeah, so that's that's it with Collegiate. Um, hopefully, I'll have some good updates uh, next week. Awesome. Well, I'm just saying, you East Coast has fighting scene and Hearthstone. West Coast is everything else. If there's ever a farming simulator esports league, the Midwest will dominate, and I can bet you money. The number of copies that are sold of Farming Simulator 2018, I guarantee you 80% of them are from the Midwest, and we would kick ass. Oh, I'm back. I think I'm back. Yeah, you're back. I'm you're back. Now. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll, I, I'm joking around. I mean, of course, congratulations to you guys, and Oh, yeah, I love, I love seeing that, especially you having that kind of title. That's really cool kind of seeing it. And I know nothing about collegiate esports, but I see you tweeting about it or retweeting it. So it is cool, and it's something I love. I wish I went to school in five years from now because the collegiate scene in five years from now is going to be totally different than what it is now because esports really taking that big thing. Right now there's nothing here at my school, and even the biggest school in the state has very little. So it's cool to see the East Coast and West Coast doing shit. But outside of that, um, is there anything else we want to kind of touch on? We're probably reaching about 50 minutes right now so is there anything we missed any little stories you want to touch on any shout outs you want to do i mean uh honor esports how did you guys do this week uh we're we went one oh and one with yeah we lost with blue one with red um actually we actually have now a uh, we have a writer um who's one of the players who writes for the uh, who writes for the team now? He does like a weekly rundown on basically what how the week went, how the games went, all the good stuff. Um, feel free to check him out on Twitter. He's at mostly underscore Veer. Um, I can say this because I'm his manager. He's a giant shithead, but I love him to death. He's good. He's he's good stuff. Um, and he's got a very very scary LeBlanc. Um, the other thing was I wanted to touch on, and I just noticed this scrolling through Twitter as I was trying to watch or check the scores, because every time I open up a stream, it seems to cut my internet out. <laughs> um, so high retired today. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Like, yeah. So as we, as many of us know, um, or yeah, high's been around for ages, been, been around since the beginning. You know what I mean? So to hear high retire and I take it with a grain of salt because high retired once already and then he came back and then he kept playing. Um, so, but yeah, apparently he, he's just retired. Uh, Travis Gafford already has done an interview with him. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Do want to check it out. Cause I'm sure it'll be good. Um, High's always been known as a legendary shot caller. Um, not so much mechanically gifted, but as far as like his knowledge of the game, he's pretty ridiculous. So it's sad to see high go. I think he's, He's one of the last old guard kind of sticking around, so we'll, uh, he will be missed. And for anyone that doesn't have the dense uh, esports or League of Legends specifically knowledge, High played for C9 forever. He played for FlyQuest for a season, and right now he's with the Golden Guardians and is retiring from there. So, yeah. yes, he is a player that's been around forever. I mean, what is he right now? He, he's a mid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, because he did he did jungle, he did mid, and then he did support. Now he's back to mid. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree. He is one of the old guards. It is sad to see him go. He's yeah. one of the players that I actually kind of do know. He's one of the first ones I kind of checked out when I first got in. So congratulations on the great career he had, and mm -hmm. just kind of giving a little bit of background information because I think James assumes that everyone knows that every single you're all supposed uh, to know this. <laughs> you're supposed to do your weekly homework 
of researching at least 15 League of Legends players a week to be yeah. able to keep up with James Rance on the and at least and at least three from the Wildcat regions. Come on, boys, keep exactly. up. Exactly. Keep up. Okay, Dylan, <laughs> is there anything you want to kind of go on? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, so James, you are going to be in charge of this week's little additional content. My what turn. are we going to be listening to on Thursday or watching on Thursday? So on Thursday, um, unfortunately, the other thing I had in the works had to be pushed back due to scheduling issues. Um, that being said, um, I believe it was last week or a week and a half ago, I did an interview with another very dominant force in the amateur League of Legends scene. Um, I, did, I interviewed their, their manager, uh, Chrono. Um, also, yeah, Chris Chrono Harris. There we go. Got his full name down and stuff like that. We talked about the amateur scene with, uh, within NA um, because, like, unlike many other regions, it is suffering. Um, uh, pretty much Europe um, and any of the wildcard regions does fairly well with their, with their Challenger Series team. But because of franchising, this has since eliminated the Challenger scene. So we basically kind of talk about, like, I don't want to say the trials and tribulations, but I, uh, it's probably the best way of putting it of the NA amateur scene. Um, is Andrew frozen for you? Uh, he's frozen for me. No, he's not. Am I frozen? No, he's no, frozen. he's frozen. So keep he's going. Frozen. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, no, we we discussed that. Um, what we think we can do to improve it, all that good stuff. He gives me a bit of his background. It's a uh, it's a good chat. We had we 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 had fun. It was a good time. So yeah, that sounds that. awesome. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um. Yeah, no, we uh, we spitball some ideas too about like how we can uh, revive revive NA uh, NA amateur. So <laughs> it's, it's it's fun to see some theory crafting mm-hmm. <laughs> from uh, from a managerial standpoint. So and yeah, then, no. Oh, oh. sorry, I, I was just gonna. I'm back. Don't worry. Okay. Um, cool, I was cool. just gonna get information of when they can hear and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, go ahead. For those of you that don't know, we have switched over the new kind of content schedule. We're streaming right now Monday nights, six thirty to seven thirty. Um, Central so time. Also, Central time. Central. Um, but also every Thursday, um, we do an additional piece of content. This Thursday is going to be James. It's live stream here on Twitch and then goes live the following day. So that's just for anyone that doesn't know. So to look out for that later this week. But that is going to be all. I don't have anything else to really pitch, but I'm really looking forward to interviewing on Thursday. So definitely. And thank you all very much for tuning in to the Project Sports Podcast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe or give us a follow, um, share our podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, you know, even screenshot my snap story and put it on yours. I don't care. Um, it's, it's, it's very much appreciated guys. Yeah. And just to reiterate what James said, please don't forget to follow us on Twitch too, because we're really close from hitting affiliate actually, um, which would definitely be a really cool milestone if we could hit. Um, but yeah, so we're streaming live now every Monday and Thursday at, 7:30 Eastern. Population density is one of the highest in Eastern, so I'm going to say Eastern time. Um, so feel free to tune in there. And then the next day, uh, so that would be Tuesday and Friday, I believe. Um, all that content also goes up on YouTube, all the different podcasting services. So if you f- follow us there, uh, you'll get those the, the day right after. For anybody who doesn't know already, I'm James. I'm Dylan. And I'm Andrew. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Project Esports Podcast.